It's know. getting your soldier out of the kill zone. Yeah. Um, and so imagining uh, along your stories, if if that soldier somehow, you know, real, you realize is in the kill zone and they don't have their IOTV and their ACH mm-hmm. on, um, but you do, you can, you can run out there, get the soldier out of the kill zone and even provide cover temporarily and get them out of that dangerous space. And when you think of that storyline, you're like, oh, absolutely, I would step in and do that. Coming up next on the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast, we talk about sexual assault awareness and prevention month. Wherever you find American troops today, you'll find the men of the Transportation Corps. Enough and on time. That's the story we tell you today. The story of the Army Quartermaster Corps. These youthful servicemen are members of the Army's Military Police Corps. One of the most important forces behind the line. The Army Ordnance Corps. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Bell. Uh, normally, we have Major Starnes in here, the PAO for 19th ESC, but he's out and about doing Army things. Um, so you get to hang out with me for a bit. Uh, this month is Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month. Every April is. And uh, because of that, we actually decided to bring in our uh, sharp professionals. We have uh, Miss Bethany Cortez, Mrs. Bethany Cortez. Your husband probably won't be too happy with that. Mrs. Bethany Cortez, she is the 19th ESC Sexual Assault Response Coordinator. And we have uh, Sergeant First Class Karina Marquez, who is the Area 4 SARC. Hey, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us. Thank you. <laughs> Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month. Um, can you explain to our audience what that is? I mean, I know most of us who work with the Army, work around the Army, know what it is. Uh, but for somebody maybe listening at home that doesn't know what it is, this is new to them. Uh, what is that, Bethany? Sure. Um, so the acronym is SAAPM or SAPM, and it's the abbreviation for Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month, as you already stated. But it's uh, recognized in April by both civilian and military communities. Uh, and the Department of Defense observes SAPM by focusing on creating a, uh, appropriate culture events uh, that eliminate uh, sexual assault and reporting, uh, supporting the report um, and in the commitment for all service members. And you're right, it is uh, not just in April. Um, but I uh, also want to let you know that we do, there's a new theme every year where we make it more relevant for that particular year's efforts. Uh, while the DOD uh, generally stays with the same one of protecting our people, protects our mission, and they've used that one for many, many years now, each branch of service gets to select their own that makes it relevant for that for that branch. And this year, uh, the Army's theme for our campaign is intervene. We are a team. There is an us in trust. Can they trust you? And um, the unique thing about this particular theme is that um, it was actually selected from uh, 13 entries from other sharp professionals um, that were submitted in uh, October of last year. And those 13 entries got posted. And then um, everyone across the Army got to select their favorite and then, uh, so uh, basically, by uh, through that process, the the uh, the top three uh, were sent to the headquarters, and then they selected the, uh, the the top one out of those top three. Oh, okay. So our soldiers actually got to select the theme, um, and that was submitted by a sharp professional. Okay. So it wasn't just somebody somewhere up high that said, "Hey, this is what you're going to talk about." It's like, no, we're the people on the ground. We're going to name it. Right. Right. Okay. And uh, so I was also going to offer for uh, Sar Marquez to let us mm-hmm. know a little bit about some of the events that have already happened and then some that might be coming up. Okay, sure. So um, at the beginning of this month, we had the new opening for the prevention training building. Uh, it's a place where you can go and do all kinds of prevention training. You can do SHARP, you can do suicide prevention, you can do um, ASAP. 
whatever kind of training that you want to do in order to, you know, <clears throat> try and make soldiers a little better and learn more about certain things and not just make it like death by PowerPoint. <laughs> and, and, and where where is that building? That is, building is here in Camp Henry now yeah. in 1103. Okay. So they renewed it. It used to be the new, the old a ACS building. ACS building, but now it's the, called the Prevention Training Building. Good. And Camp Henry's not that big, so walk <laughs> around it for like 10 minutes, you'll it's find it. It's close to the field. Okay. So okay. If you know where the field is. Yep. Exactly. And the roundabout as okay. well. The Something that we did at the beginning of the month uh, in order to, oh, for the celebration of the opening, we did the uh, SAP and Proclamation signing, and that's where all the leadership came out um, and signed the proclamation. And it was it was pretty big, like all the Area 4 higher-ups okay. came and signed it. And, and why is that so important? Because we, we every year we, in public affairs, we always take pictures and we show it. Why is it so important that those leaders are signing that that document? That so that they are showing the support of SAPM and sexual assault prevention. <clears throat> okay, so they're saying, "Hey, we're all 100% on board. We're getting our faces out there. We support this." Okay. Correct. And when the leaders go first, mm -hmm. um, it's a it's a huge influence for others to go. If this is important to my boss, it probably should be important to me. Uh, that kind of thing. So it's it's showing how to lead from the front. Okay, good. Yeah, because I always see that, and we always we always take pictures of it. But some people <laughs> are like, "Why is it? Why is it always them?" Well, they're they're trying to show how important this is. They're they're leading from the front. You got it. Sorry, go Correct. ahead. Continue. Oh no, it's fine. Uh, we also had the Sapum run uh, on the fifteenth. Uh, we there was posters posted everywhere at the Kelly gym. Um, we put some out as well, um, and we had a pretty good crowd go out there and do a five k, which is uh, pretty fun. So we're trying to do something and continue it um, each another month. Mm -hmm. So um, we're trying to come up with some another run that also says not just April. Because okay. everyone makes a big deal for SAPM in April, but we understand that sexual assault and uh, harassment doesn't just happen in April. It happens all year round. Exactly. We were just talking about that before we came in and started recording. It's like, yeah, we, we're focusing on it now, mm -hmm. but but it's a, it's a year-long event. Correct. Um, so continue. Sorry. No, you're good. I, I tend to interrupt and go off on tangents. Good <laughs> tangents, fine. I think. That's fine. Uh, we also have on our Facebook page, we have a 30-day challenge going on mm -hmm. in support of SAPM. Uh, if you check it out, it's the 19th ESC Sharp. And um, put, put your, read it, put your comments on there. And today's challenge is uh, the DOD Safe Helpline. So uh, if you check it out. Uh, try and answer something about it or let us know what you think about the DOD safe helpline. If you don't know, then. Um, so really, to be honest, if, if anyone at any time went back to your Facebook page, they could look at this challenge and they could have actually some resources because right. you're mentioning resources and, and things that are going on throughout the month during this challenge. Um, and just to clarify, just type in 19th ESC sharp. And that should give you the uh, the Facebook page because there's several Correct. 19th ESC Facebook pages, but you'll see the little sharp, the, the ribbon Correct. on there. Exactly. It also shows uh, stuff that we do throughout the year. We have ambassador training on there. So the people that have uh, actually completed the training, their pictures are up there mm -hmm. as well. We've got some of them okay. on there. We're a little behind. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, that's fine. We're getting back. We're getting on it. I'm trying to post more than we have before. So check it out. We also have, uh, we were at camp, we were just at Camp Carroll supporting uh, the SAPM lunch that they had over there. And uh, we had the sergeant major for the quartermasters uh, out there. So his picture's posted up there and we took a picture with them. And there was a table and we were 
sharing some goodies as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and get the cooks out and everything. Yep. Yeah. So, okay. Um, what else? What else do we have coming up? Because I, I know we're getting towards the end of the month. So what other activities do we have? On the 26th, it's Denim Day. So try and show your support and wear your uh, denim that day on your jeans. Um, something appropriate, but you know. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, what is Denim Day? Um, oh. Because to be honest, I, I've heard about it. Uh, I'm a retired and uh, CO and my entire career I heard about denim day denim day denim day but I never actually knew what it meant what is the the origin of denim day the reason that that got started um, was because back in Italy in 1992 when an 18 year old girl was raped by a 45 year old driving instructor who was taking her to a very first driving lesson he ended up taking her to an isolated road pulled o the car over and removed her jeans and uh, forcefully raped her. So after that, she she did report the rape and the uh, he ended up being prosecuted and went to jail. But then a few years later, he ended up uh, <clears throat> appealing the case. So uh, the, the court ended up overturning it. Their statement was that when the victim was wearing very tight jeans, so she had to help him remove the jeans uh, in making it not rape, so making it consensual. And they became known throughout Italy as the jeans alibi. Okay, and then, of course, what uh, protests started, and um, a lot of folks were like, this is crazy, this is outrageous, and that's where it kind of came from, right? Correct. When they found the Italian parliament... Uh, found out and they launched um, a protest wearing jeans on the steps of the Supreme Court. This protest was picked up by the international media, which inspired the California Senate and Assembly to do the same <clears throat> on the steps of the Capitol in Sacramento. Okay, so it grew from there. So it yes. started, started with something horrible, but... Um, and then people turned it around into something um, to to be more positive, to say, hey, a, a reminder of, of, of sexual assault. Okay, so now I know. Right. I didn't know that mm -hmm. until yes. until today. Yes. So, and I think a lot of other people probably didn't know where it came from because it's kind of like, oh, it's denim day. It's like, oh, wear a Hawaiian shirt. No, it's completely different. It's actually something really horrible that happened mm -hmm. that, that people rallied around a cause. Um, so that what, what day is denim day coming up? Uh, that would be on the 26th. Okay. Um, so that would be this Wednesday. Okay. So everybody's encouraging their soldiers to wear denim? Yes. There's actually, we have an approval for people to wear oh, denim okay. uh, from user pack <laughs> commander. Um, and, and just to, to, to add on to what she just said. Um, so what this does is it hones in on what, what consent really is, meaning that um, if it's under duress or, or um, if it's under coercion, it is not consent. So even if the person had removed her own genes or had assisted, it was under duress and it doesn't imply consent. And so okay. that's where the, that's where the, um, the differentiation came and the support from, uh, from the Italian, the women in the Italian parliament. And then that got picked up as, as uh, Sarah Marquez said in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. that's, that's a big thing is people don't realize it's, it's like, um, if, if it feels like it's something wrong that's going on, it's, it's wrong, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to sexual assault. What are some of the things that people should be looking for and thinking of? Uh, so, um, just to be aware, um, 
there there may be some confusions around the term consent. Um, and also everyone comes from a different background and they have a different um, understanding of healthy relationships and interacting with someone. And then as those uh, relationships become of an intimate nature, uh, communication is really key here. Um, and that means that uh, that means that both parties are willing um, to perform the conduct at issue is, is basically the loose definition of consent. Um, but that's actually still a pretty low bar. Um, and we kind we kind of ask soldiers, especially in our ambassador training, to think of it more as mutuality. Um, although in the Department of Defense, uh, we use the term consent, which means both parties agree to that conduct at issue. Um, so to navigate those conversations, this is where we help soldiers um, practice how to do that. Even if you're already in a long standing relationship, it's still good to check in with your partner. Um, there are ways um, that you can uh, do this. Uh, one is by just checking for body language. Uh, if the person is not reciprocating, for example, uh, that's definitely a clue to go, hey, is everything okay? Um, is this is this okay with you? Are you okay with the next step? Here's what I think the next step is, uh, instead of speaking in vague terms. Uh, we do get um, some, uh, some concerns that, well, if I ask about it, it will kill the mood kind of thing. And uh, what we say is, uh, so not asking about it is making the mood better. Um, and who is it making it better for? Mm -hmm. Is it for both or parties or is it just for the person uh, wanting that that act to happen? So the onus is on the person who wants the wants the intimate act to happen uh, to check in with the person that they're asking to participate in it. So we're, you know, simple things like, uh, you know, we use a comparison is when you ask someone to go to dinner, what are some questions you would ask about that dinner it doesn't necessarily have to be a date, but when you ask your friend or your battle buddy, hey, where'd you like to go to dinner? And easily soldiers will say things like, well, what kind of food do you like? Mm -hmm. How much money do you want to spend? What time do you want to go? Is it is it is it formal or is it something I can dress casually for? How long will it take to get there? And then we stop and ask them, now, how many questions do you ask uh, when you want to have sex with that person? And why do you think you ask those questions about mm -hmm. dinner? And they're saying, well, because I want to make sure they have a good time. Um, I want to make sure that they, you know they enjoy what we're doing together. And then they go, uh, they realize it's the same thing. It's really. the same thing. Yep. And 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 the and the stakes are much higher when we're talking about sex versus versus eating a meal together. And so they begin to realize, oh, I, I really should be. Um, checking in and saying, you know, are you okay with this location? Are you, are you comfortable um, at, at this time of day? All those kinds of things. Um, they at first may feel awkward, um, but the other person will realize that they're being valued. Um, and, and that's, and that's really the, the important part of, of developing a healthy relationship, which then turns into a healthy climate and not only in your personal life, but in your workplace. Uh, so that's kind of where we go with uh, how to identify uh, consent. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's trusting, right? I mean, really it's, uh, you're asking me and, and, and I think if anything, in, in my opinion, it would make things better, you know, uh, because you're asking, Hey, how do you feel? Do you want to do this? Right. You know, so nobody is like unsure of anything. And I, that's, uh, I don't know. I don't want to go in my personal life, but you know, sure. I, I think that's, that's not a mood killer. I think that's sure. a, that, that's a better thing for the situation. Sure. And also, can I add, um, just because uh, you're married, it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that automatically it's consent as well. I know a there's lot a, of... There's a lot of confusion, and there's a lot in culture <clears throat> where they feel like just because you're married that it's automatically like you have to have sex with me. It seems like things are getting better when it comes to that kind mm -hmm. of um, discussion, um, but I don't know. 
Yeah. I don't know, I'm not seeing it. I mean, <laughs> you just right. smiled. So, so just saying for an example, we, we use, also use a comparison ambassador training where um, people know when what dangerous driving looks like because we see driving every day. We see driving on the road. We even use an, a comparison exercise with the Fast and Furious show where or movie uh, uh, chain um, is that we know that that's like fantastical. We know, you know, we're, it's we go real. to, we, yeah, it's not real. <laughs> um, but uh, the thing that is a challenge is that people don't see what health the uh, sex sexual relationships look like um, uh, uh, because they, their only real reference really is pornography and social media and movies. And so uh, those may not be um, the best tools for educating you not the best on, tools. Uh, for, for what healthy uh, interactions might look mm -hmm. like. And so the idea there is that because they don't have those comparisons, they're, they're trying to figure it out on their own. They're asking their battle buddies. They're asking older brothers or sisters. They're asking, uh, you know, friends in high school, um, and they're learning about it from sources that may not be the most reliable. Even uh, when we're talking about how we were educated, when we went to, uh, for those of us that might have learned about uh, sex ed in middle school or high school, it was primarily uh, literally about the anatomy, but not how to interact with each mm. other, how to prevent STIs or pregnancy specifically, mm. but it was the anatomical interaction. Yeah, here's all the parts, but not exactly. about what what's in your head. Exactly. So we weren't connecting those two. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there are many states that don't require that type of uh, that type of education. And then also sometimes the people who are selected to provide that training don't are not specialized in it. For example, it could be your PE teacher. Um, it might be your biology teacher that they may understand the biology of how reproduction works, but not necessarily the relationship aspect mm -hmm. of it. So we're all coming from those from those different perspectives. And also when we're talking about consent, um, it's keeping in mind things like, uh, you know, the person has to be of, of the age to be able to mm -hmm. consent. They also can't be mentally incapacitated or uh, what we call substantially incapacitated, either through drugs or medication. They can't consent because they can't understand the conduct at issue. Um, so your real role there is just to keep the person safe, mm -hmm. not to take advantage of the situation for your own personal gain. And then for most soldiers, that's that's the reason they came in the Army is to make sure their battle buddies, their nation mm -hmm. was safe. So we know that 99% of people out there, that's what they're here to do is to yeah, make sure we're and safe. They agree with the philosophy of, hey, yeah, let's take care of your, your buddy, but um, uh, maybe this is a lane we don't want to go down, but uh, alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've, you know, mm -hmm. I've been in Korea for a while and I, I've, I've seen some of the reports and how, what, what kind of a role does alcohol, I mean, can you talk about that? I mean, maybe in a way, you know, guidance without, cause I know legally there's some, some gray area there, but talk about the role that alcohol has um, in sexual sure. assault. So um, we in the 19th ESC, we do have a slightly lower statistic. It's around 33% of all of our sexual assaults involve a form of alcohol use. Not surprising. Um, yeah. Where it's uh, significantly, or at least 50% or so uh, higher or uh, for the peninsula wide. Uh, that doesn't mean we have the secret recipe on how to uh, eliminate it. Uh, we First, the thing is, is that alcohol can be used socially responsibly. Um, that means it's used for uh, recognizing accomplishments, for uh, social events. It also helps, you know, break down some uh, some awkwardness in, in those social events, um, but it's when it becomes weaponized and used mm -hmm. to help uh, incapacitate someone, um, that's when alcohol becomes a problem. And uh, so we don't easily spot it because it's happening in a normal social setting. It, the the uh, criminal behavior is being cloaked by a social behavior. Mm -hmm. And so we, we don't, we have to learn how to cue in if somebody's, um, you know, uh, 
I don't want to say forcing, but, you know, continuing to encourage mm -hmm. someone to drink beyond their, what and, they and want. And you don't know what, I mean, you have a new soldier. You don't know what that soldier's limit is. Right. One, one drink could be that soldier's limit. Exactly. So you don't know. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, I thought she was fine. No, she wasn't fine. <laughs> right. Um, and, and also know that um, sometimes we have our filters on where we don't, uh, where we don't recognize that maybe it could be the same gender uh, meaning two males or two females. And we might be thinking, oh, only sexual assault only occurs mm -hmm. between a male and a female when we know that's not true. Um, in fact, in the military and in the army specifically, there are more male uh, victims of sexual assault than female. There I was are, not aware of that. There are just well, less reports of it. Um, oh, because because it's a male thing. Yeah. Male stigma for, yep. for that. Um, so when it comes to alcohol, um, uh, the, you can have as many you know risk mitigations as you can in place, uh, but really it boils down to uh, the, the the responsible use of alcohol, having your battle buddies uh, around, um, and watching that you're not being isolated. Mm -hmm. But these again are just risk mitigations. But really, the prevention is um, is if the person with the idea to have sex without consent doesn't actually commit the act. The prevention comes from the person mm -hmm. not being a perpetrator, and not from you putting everything in place to try to prevent it. Because you can put you can still put everything in place and still become a victim of sexual assault the real answer is to remove the perpetrators thinking mm -hmm. uh that this is okay from from the equation in the first place so it does play a role um and uh, uh but it it's uh it's not uh it's not something that uh, automatically guarantees sexual mm -hmm. assault uh, but it does mean um that you you need to be aware of your situation what are some of the things i mean we kind of talked about yeah we've got social uh sexual assault awareness and prevention month um you know, we're, we're having all these events this month. What are some of the things that the army is doing, um, to, to help stop sexual assault? Um, you know, I, I mean, there are new programs in place. Um, and, and maybe I'm going down a lane that maybe you don't want to talk about. Oh, no. Um, so I will say that, um, there, the, the, the sharp program is undergoing mm. a, a very, very, um, profound restructure and one of those things is having to do with uh, building what's called a prevention workforce mm -hmm. and a response workforce um so uh so uh, so what's happening is um is the army is uh training personnel to be prevention based and that means that um, they are going to be advisors to commands about uh, prevention strategy um, because even though the word prevention is in the acronym SHARP. Um, specifically, our SHARP professionals are trained in response mm -hmm. and not so much in the prevention aspect. And so now um, the the um, the Department of Defense has rolled out these positions, uh, which are uh, prevention integrators mm -hmm. um, that will uh, that will. Uh, measure what we're trying to get after and develop a way to change the climate uh, in in short, uh, in, in your face kind of ways, as well as in long term kind of ways. That's good. So before it was like, okay, let's let's deal with it after the fact. And now it's like, no, let's let's not have an after the fact. Right. And, okay. and so one thing they're introducing is something called the social ecological model, and it's common in uh, explain <laughs> social work settings. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, and uh, so what that means is, is we're talking about, and the Army has touched on this a little bit with the graphic training aid um, that shows um, the individual's responsibilities. So it starts with the individual, then the social network, the community, and the society at large. And so what we're talking about is we're looking at individual attitudes and behaviors. Um, that's where all of um, it starts at the individual person. So for us in the military, we're talking about the individual soldier or family member or DA civilian or uh, Korean national or uh, a KGS employee, mm -hmm. anyone that we work together with. And then the, the social network, which is basically extends us a little beyond us, which means our peers, our friends, families, and our relationships. And then the next layer is community. 
So um, it's the unit in the organization for the military. So basically, the org- unit and organization is the climate, and the army is the culture. So it's putting those two things together. And then the last layer is society. So basically, the nation. Um, so we're basically breaking it into parts and then looking at how can we affect each of those parts. So that's mm-hmm. the the basis of the socio-ecological model. With the pre- this prevention model, we're, we're really focusing on the interactions between those levels, mm-hmm. um, how one level impacts another level. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's another analogy is we don't we don't notice the water we're swimming in because mm-hmm. we were, we're always in it. So we don't mm-hmm. realize whatever that water is might be healthy and it might not be healthy because it was always there. So that's where the, for example, the um, the society and community come in because they're, they are the water that we're swimming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, is that water clear? Is that water full of garbage? You know, that kind of thing. It's understanding what are we in. And then once we understand what we're in, we can start addressing them. Okay. So it's basically understanding the relationships between those levels. And everybody has a role in it. That's the, that's yes. the important thing, which is good because it's always been like victim perpetrator now it's like no it's like we all have a role and, and and i mean i think sharp over the years you've always said hey don't stand don't stand by don't be a bystander that kind of stuff and we still have that kind of stuff that we're talking about but more of a a, a larger society kind of uh think i guess i don't know i didn't really explain that really oh, no, well but, okay. but but you did <laughs> uh, but i was also going to say on that note um there are uh, there are th- things when you when you mention bystander there are things called the bystander effect mm-hmm. and uh, we do dive into that a little bit with ambassador training um but it's to help people understand that um it's we're not trying to put like a guilt trip on anyone mm. but there's actually a uh, a phenomenon that's that's known as diffusion of responsibility and pluralistic ignorance um, and so they're just natural things that people do in order to s- ensure their own survival mm. um, but as soldiers we're asking you to to overcome this to protect the person that's being targeted um, so for example diffusion of responsibility is basically when someone's less likely to take responsibility because they're already in a larger group and they think someone else is yeah. already well, going to do something about it, it. And so, yeah, or, you know, I know someone else witnessed this, so I don't need to act. Mm. Um, so we know the fewer people that are involved, the more likely one person will step forward and do something. But uh, the greater the group that witnessed that particular event, the less likely someone will actually render aid. Um, and then with pluralistic ignorance is kind of the, the way I, I, I like to explain this one is if you are um, at a lecture and the, uh, the, the professor has been talking for the last 30 minutes and then he stops and says, okay, does everyone understand what I just said? And you're like, I have, this no, of course. I have no idea what you just said, but you look around <laughs> yeah. and no one else is saying <clears throat> that they didn't get it either. But you don't want to be the only one that says, oh, I, can yeah. you, I have no idea what you just said. Yep. Um, so you walk away thinking everyone else understood and they, did. uh, and they didn't. Yeah. Um, and so you choose to do nothing also because you don't want to stand out. So we call that pluralistic ignorance. And we know that those two phenomenon are what create the bystander effect. Mm-hmm. And so what we're asking in the word bystander sounds passive already. So we're asking you to be an active bystander or an upstander. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do understand there's a lot of different words out there, but we're trying to get to the part that motivates someone to take action. And so it's that obligation. Yes, I see it's a problem. Now I need, now I need to do something with that problem. Mm-hmm. And then we give you the tools like using the direct, distract, and delegate options. If you're seeing something start to unfold that looks troublesome, you can use those three methods. Um, 
And then lastly, you can uh, you can follow up with that person. If you couldn't prevent the act or maybe you found out about something that was troubling to, or an, an unsafe act that happened to that person, you can follow up with them afterwards. Mm-hmm. And um, and that means that checking in on them, hey, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I wasn't there, but, um, you know, is there something I can do for you? Uh, what what can I help you with? And then we do talk about also in our ambassador training how to support that survivor. What are some helpful things that you can say? And mostly it's about just being present and listening without judgment. Uh, so I know I covered a lot of ground there, but mm-hmm. um, but just saying that uh, we know um, that it's it's against our human nature not to intervene because we want to preserve ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we also know soldiers are up for the task. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I kind of as a retired soldier, um, I kind of think of, OK, if you were downrange and, um, you know, you're you're holding a position and you're the only guy that sees the enemy shooting at you and nobody else sees the enemy, are you going to say nothing? Right. No, you're going to say something and you're going to do something because you want to protect your buddies around you. It's know? getting your soldier out of the kill zone. Yep. Um, and so imagining uh, along your stories, if if that soldier somehow, you know, real, you realize this in the kill zone and they don't have their IOTV and their ACH mm-hmm. on, um, but you do, you can, you can run out there, get the soldier out of the kill zone and even provide cover temporarily and get them out of that dangerous space. And when you think of that storyline, you're like, oh, absolutely, I would step in and do that. So why aren't people doing it now? And that's right? exactly yeah. the same thing, only we're asking you to do it in in the, in the workplace, in a social setting. Um, even, you know, it may not be a social setting. It could be a, pro- a professional setting. You're, it's the same thing, only it's just, it's not live rounds being fired at you. It's it's someone's, it's someone's uh, taking control over someone else through the use of sex, because it's not actually about sex. It's just the, it's just the modality that's mm-hmm. used to apply control over someone else. Okay. A lot of stuff here. Um, so when is the, this, this program has already kicked off or it's, it's coming. Yes. So, um, so the army is still pending their regulation, um, to change, but the DOD has already pushed it out. We already have positions, uh, that are being hired for, for those positions to be filled and training that's being offered through DOD sparks there. They've, un, uh, rolled out a whole training that's based on prevention to get those prevention experts um, on the same foundational level. Um, so it's already being rolled out and we're good. just pending the Army's regulation, but the DOD has already got it going. All right, so you're going to be getting some more help soon, yes. which is good. Well, <laughs> not just you, all of us in the unit are going to be getting some more help. As we move forward and, and uh, SAPA month is over, what do people need to continue to do? So um, so we like to refer to the continuum of harm chart, and it basically helps <clears throat> give you uh, guidelines on what is considered green behavior, and then there's a red line, and then there all the behaviors after that are, are typically either a policy violation or a criminal act. And we're encouraging you to be on the lookout uh, for number one is promote the promote the positive climate first. And so what does that look like? That means communicate with your with your battle buddies. Um, that means show dignity and respect with your battle buddies. Um, it, it does mean suspend judgment. It, it does mean that everyone's allowed to their their own uh, personal opinion, as long as it's uh, not violating army policy and it's not in violation of good order and discipline, they can have differing opinions without being disrespectful. We also mentioned, for example, that there is such a thing as healthy conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, healthy conflict, even in personal relationships, means that you you can disagree about some something, but you still hold respect for that other party. Um, and healthy conflict is great because that's how we get ideas to come together, and we can figure out how to move forward. Because just going with one person's idea does keep the keep the the way forward very narrow. Mm-hmm. And we want to pull from the, from our diverse group of people in our organization, and and that's one way that mm-hmm. we can do that. Um, so to encourage um, people to consider um, the uh, using the continuum of harm chart as sort of the guide guidepost. 
um, uh, allowing space for people to express their concerns. Uh, that means uh, listening. Uh, a lot of people out there think that they're really good listeners, but if you really really try, um, you'll find that uh, you might fall into a pitfall about listening. For example, you're already preparing your answer while someone's still talking. I know I do this, um, which means I probably missed something that I'm that, doing it right now. That, that person <laughs> said already. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not really fully engaged. And sometimes silence is is communication and is sometimes what is needed. We don't have to fill the space with with uh, with communication if it's not needed at that time. It's just giving that person a safe place to express themselves or maybe to just sit with someone. Here, what I what I would also offer is to leverage empathy. Um, so it's being in someone else's shoes um, and understanding that they might be in a hard place right now. Um, and while that might be inconvenient for you and your mission, um, they need they might need to take a knee and and get and let them take a knee for a moment. And uh, because then when they do come back, they're going to come back stronger and they're going to come back ready um, instead of instead of. Um, berating them for for having a tough situation that they're, they're dealing with. So these would just be some suggestions and an offer. If Sarah Marquez, if you had anything else you want to add on how people could um, uh, move forward with the idea of SAPM for the rest of the year. Um, just, you know, continue to know that it continues to happen all year round. And when you go out or you're in the workplace and just – Look around and see if you notice anything that could be considered like sexual harassment, um, because sexual harassment does lead into sexual assault. Not every case, but most of the time. And <clears throat> in order for us to have a healthy work environment, we need to continue to try and prevent all those things and stop it, you know, ahead of it. Because um, I like doing, you know, being an advocate because. When I was coming up in the ranks, there was a lot of like sexual harassment going on. And I mean, I it happened to me like sexual harassment, but I didn't know that I can go to somebody and be like, hey, this person needs to like stop doing that. I would tell them, but, you know, they would think that it was a joke or something. And it, it, it happens every day. And we're here um, to help you out and, and let you know that you're not alone. <clears throat> So and then there's also if you don't feel like comfortable coming to us, there's also the uh, DOD safe helpline. And that is something that you can call and ask questions and tell your story. And it's anonymous. They're not going to ask you like about you, your rank or where you work or anything like that. And um, it's for all DOD community. Anyone is affected by sexual assault. And the phone number is uh, 1-877-995-5247. And there's also a website, it's uh, safehelpline.org. Or you can call our USFK 24-7 Sharp hotline. And that is a DSN-158, or the commercial is 0503-363-5700. Yeah, the DO, and you can just look that up on Google. That's what, <laughs> how I found the number last last time we did a, a Sharp event. Um, so uh, anything else you, you want to add before we close out? I mean, a lot of good information here. Um, well, um, on on what Sergeant Marquez was saying is it's noticing the subtle things first, um, because if we let those things slide, we're saying we're okay with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I have mentioned this. Uh, Silence is consent. That's what I've heard before. Right. And except in Sharp, that's, that's true. That, I mean, that's exactly. It's a common myth. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do like the statement that, that the, um, the standard you walk past is the standard you accept. 
Um, and so we're asking you not to walk past that anymore. And then, and I, I like to leave people with the idea of, of a challenge in that I challenge you to do the right thing. And then leaders, I challenge you to catch someone doing the right thing. And that doesn't necessarily have to be related around protecting someone from being t a target of sexual harassment or sexual assault, but doing the right thing and promoting dignity and respect and a healthy working relationship where everyone can meet their maximum potential in the workplace. So, and then if we do that and we uphold our army values and understand how to operationalize them, uh, then that would create a, a space where everyone can, can re meet their maximum potential. There we go. Yeah. And really it's just, uh, the workplace, it's, you're a professional, no matter where you're at, you're at work, no matter if you're, you're flipping burgers at McDonald's, it's a workplace and you need to be professional. I think some people get really comfortable with mm -hmm. with other people because i where i'm around you all day and they think oh i can say and do certain things it's like no it's like you are a professional keep it professional correct if you don't stop it if you feel uncomfortable soon the moment they say it and you don't say something about it it's going to continue to happen mm -hmm. so speak up um, try and speak up for yourself and stand up and say something or stand up for somebody else and say something mm-hmm Okay, now if uh, anybody needs to get a hold of you, they can find um, your contact information on the 19th ESC website, and you can also find uh, them on the uh, 19th ESC Sharp Facebook page. But you can go to the website and you can find both because we, we also link to your Facebook page. Anything else before we let you go? Mm, no. no. <laughs> okay, okay. Thank you for coming in. A lot of really valuable information. And thank you for listening. That'll do it for this episode of the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. We'll talk with you again next time. We're out.